Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome to the program Your Mind with your host, Kenneth Who. Welcome to episode number one of my podcast. Uh, if you guys are familiar with me, you guys know that I had a YouTube channel and I still do. And I decided to switch over to podcasts for various reasons. So this is the first episode of my new podcast called The Program Your Mind with myself, Kenneth Who. This is presented by Golden Alma Creation and Create Disclosure. On this first episode, I wanted to revisit a topic which I've covered in my videos, and it's going to be covering the Illuminati curse removal. For for those of you that are already familiar with this, then you know you need no more explanation. For those who are not familiar with this, this is based on a script that was developed by a dear friend of mine, Chella Cooley, and you could find the script actually. You should go, before listening to this podcast, I want you to go to goldenalmycreation.com, go to the resources tab, and look for the Illuminati curse removal. It is a free download, and it is very important that you download this and follow along with me. And you should read this 20 to 40 times, maybe once a week, maybe once a couple days, but it is very important that you read this, and I will be discussing why. The Illuminati curse removal script was made by my friend Chella Cooley, and it was based off of a book called Stellar Theology and Masonic Astronomy by Robert Huey Brown, and it goes over the meaning of symbols, uh, and all these symbols are Masonic symbols, Illuminati symbols, and he gives background of where they come from, what they did, what they meant, and my friend was able to decode this and tell us and educate us on what the real meaning of these symbols are because these symbols are not just symbols they're also curses curses that have been placed on humanity uh, and do great damage daily to us and the only way for us to break that curse is for us to read the script to be aware of the actual damage that they are doing and what they're focusing on that's the only way for us to break this pattern these curses so we can move forward now, you might think, well, they're just drawings, they're symbols. Well, no, they're not just symbols. And Jordan Maxwell, if you guys are familiar with him, he put it in a very uh, perfect way that I couldn't probably do myself. So he also did a review of this book himself uh, and his points of view from it. And I'm going to read an excerpt from that where he describes uh symbols and the meaning since he put it so perfect i'm just gonna read what he said because i thought it was amazing you're listening to the program your mind the purpose of signs and symbols signs and symbols are not merely for decoration or random meaningless marks without purpose signs and symbols have real specific and precise meanings also signs and symbols usually have one purpose to identify And the identification is expressed in two ways. One, by showing ownership, and two, by showing direction. Signs and symbols can show ownership. Example, property of the United States government, keep out. For businesses, ownership is expressed by signs on store windows to tell you what the store is selling. Special sales, hours of operation, direction to other stores, or telephone numbers. When the signs and symbols are occult, cleverly concealed or hidden, using astronomical and Masonic signification, ownership is also being expressed. 
signs also identify what direction you are traveling. For example, Route 22 or San Diego, 3 miles. Or what you should do. Eat at this restaurant, shop at the grocery, or stop. Highway signs, now international in usage, have generic icons recognizable for children and those with minimal education. The cold, astronomical Masonic signs and symbols are also generic, but are recognizable only if you know the meaning behind them. A surprising number of ancient symbols are found on exterior and interior decorations of most of our churches, synagogues, temples, government buildings, as well as banks, insurance companies, hospitals, and other institutional buildings. I propose to you that such signs and symbols demonstrate ownership and point the public in the desired direction. Advertising the world over uses familiar signs and symbols so that the potential buyer can readily recognize the product, service, or company selling the product. Why are astronomical signs and symbols on those buildings and in advertising? They show purpose and direction. They reveal that someone, sometime in the history of that church, synagogue, temple, government building, bank, insurance company, hospital, or place of business wanted those signs and symbols in place. Someone knew what the signs and symbols meant and used them purposefully. What place do occult astronomical and Masonic signs and symbols have on churches? Why do they appear in corporate logos? Why are governmental and organizational seals, public and private agency badges, etc., filled with such occult signs and symbols? If such signs and symbols are meaningless, why are they there? Why not remove them? If people do not know, know the meaning of the symbols, why have them? If the signs and symbols have meaning, who is doing the communicating? If the symbols have meaning, why hide the meaning? To whom are they communicating? Who is intended audience? Who put the symbols there? Are such signs and symbols a joke by graphic artists, architects, or construction engineers? Or is the usage of such symbols deliberate and purposeful? When pagan and occult symbols are seen on churches, such symbols are not placed there by rogue architects imposing their iron will upon the ignorant Christian priests, pastors, Jewish rabbis, Muslim mullahs, and their various ruling boards. If a steeple is pagan symbol of a phallus, what is it doing on the local church? The steeple, whether people know it or not, communicates the direction and ownership of that church. It demonstrates how to find the congregation that places the phallus at the topmost of their church building so it can be seen from afar. It demonstrates ownership by displaying a phallus for the entire community to see. Once again, if such things have no meaning, why is the pagan symbol used? If it has meaning, why is the meaning hidden? Why not express the meaning openly? The phallus in churches and synagogues and mosques is one example of many emblems, symbols, and signs used in modern-day religion all over the world. Unless you know the meaning behind the symbols, you won't understand why they are used. Once your eyes are open to true meaning of religion symbols used in your place of worship, it will finally hit you, and you will see to what extent the religions of the Western world are in point fact ancient paganism. You're listening to Deprogram Your Mind. 
All right, so now that you know that symbols are not just symbols, you know, that they're branding, that they're telling you something that belongs to someone, that there was a huge clear intent for the symbol being there, then you know why it is so important for this to be here. Now, the symbols, I think, are very important. And this is exactly why I'm starting my first episode with this script, because for all of us who've been working towards disclosure, towards deprogramming people's mind, towards getting people to get in touch with their spirituality, you know, you find a lot of resistance from people from the human collective. And you might be wondering, well, where's all this resistance coming from? You know, like this information makes perfect sense for me, but I just can't get this information to get through to people. Well, that is because a lot of the symbolisms are preventing just that from absorbing this information and moving forward. So the first thing we got to do is read the Illuminati Cursor Mobile, get it through our heads, understand what the symbols are doing. That way we can start moving forward and start healing ourselves, deprogramming our minds, getting in touch with our spirituality and moving forward towards a golden age that we deserve. So basically we're going to get into the, the Illuminati script now and I want you guys to follow along. There's 33 symbols. Now, in my previous video, I just went over the symbols. Pretty much, I went over the script telling you word for word what, what the real meaning of the symbols are. But now, I kind of wanted to give you uh, both sides. I want to give you what people out there think the symbols are, uh, where you might find some of the symbols. Some of the symbols you won't even find anymore, right? Um, some of the symbols are just used in Masonic uh, rituals, right? Everyone knows that being a mason is doing rituals. And if you don't, there's a, there's a Netflix show called Inside the Freemasons, and I recommend everyone to do it. It might be a little nasty, a little hard to watch because it's full of sick, disgusting old fucks. And, you know, they're talking about Freemasonry and how amazing it is, and they talk about a ritual. Now, this ritual, what they're doing is magic. And a lot of these symbols, they get introduced into Freemasonry as you attain certain degrees you can introduce to new symbols their meaning blah 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 whatever bullshit that the freemasons feed themselves because it's all bullshit you know bullshit yeah it's fucking bullshit so we're gonna get into it i want you guys to follow along uh i'm gonna give you some examples where my this sim you might see the symbols now how it's affecting everyone and some of you may be wearing the symbols some of you may have the symbol tattooed on you and you don't even know it and that's just how hitting the information and the true meaning of the symbols have been but it's important to become aware of it so that we stop spreading the curses upon everyone else and we allow ourselves to receive the information we need to heal ourselves so let's get into it you're listening to Deprogram Your Mind. All right, let's get started with number one, the monument of Hirama Beef, fiction of the Weeping Virgin. So for those of you that are not familiar with who Hirama Beef was, he was a chief architect for King Solomon, and he was in charge of designing and building King Solomon's temple. He was then murdered, according to the stories, right before the temple was completed. He was supposed to be 
the one, the only one, the master mason that had all the secret passwords and all the secret knowledge required to build this unique structure. Now, why, why would there be secret knowledge about this? Well, if you have common sense that you look at pictures depicting King Solomon's temple and all the little knickknacks around it, it looks like a place where you go and you do black magic or you do rituals like Freemasons do. And, you know, you do things that are going to have great effect, especially when the temple is the size of that. You know, you're going to be uh, doing rituals, producing black magic that affects in negative way. Um, so that's who here I'm was. And as we know that, you know, Freemasons are not benevolent. They're doing great damage to humanity. So the real meaning of the monument of Hiram Abif is to perpetuate lies about creation and creator at the core level of humanity, to confuse, baffle, and put negative and destructive intentions towards creation as a whole by serving the Archon agenda. Now we know that all these deities that the Jewish and the ancient Babylonians uh, used to worship were Archon. So... You know, no doubt that by building this temple, they were worshiping, they were doing rituals to perpetuate lies about creation, which is us, right? Uh, an actual creator. That's number one. Number two, the blazing start on the checkerboard floor. According to Freemasons, the checker floor or mosaic pavement is an old symbol of the order. It is met within its earliest rituals of the last century. It is classed among the ornaments of the lodge along with the indented tessel and the blazing star. Its party-colored stones of black and white have been readily and appropriately interpreted as symbols of the evil and good of human life. Now, this is what the Freemasons feed themselves and they tell people that this is what this means. Uh, but as you know, checker floors... You could find checkerboard floors in most Illuminati buildings, right? And all these governmental buildings, uh, old palaces, castles, and pretty much every Masonic lodge is going to have a checkerboard floor in their main room because that's where they all get along together to do rituals. Now, the real meaning of the blazing star in the checkerboard floor with a satanic star in the center it serves to centralize the energy of sacrifice and satanic worship throughout human culture, to play games with humanity by jeopardizing the existence of all human species through competition and warfare, to control and suppress knowledge and sexuality of humanity. Now, you see the deep damage that this checkerboard floor does, that the Blazing Star does. You see it in governmental buildings, palaces, castles, lodge floors, and people are walking through this. They're just soaking this energy up. And now that we know that symbolism, it's not they're not just doing it for decor, not because they think it's cool, it's because they're trying to make their mark and put their purpose across. And that is the purpose of the checkerboard floor. Not only that, but it has been made popular in pop culture. Uh, to wear checkerboard, right? If you see a lot right now, like vans, checkerboard floors. I mean, I used to wear that when I was a teenager, right? And especially now to this day in pop culture and hip hop culture, there's a lot of people wearing checkerboard, 
checkerboard jackets, checkerboard pants, checkerboard shoes. It's everywhere and people love wearing this for some reason. But it's time to take responsibility. It's time to stop wearing these things because when you're wearing this, you're pushing just this. You're pushing the real meaning of this symbol, which is to centralize the energy of sacrifice and satanic worship, to play games of humanity, to control and suppress knowledge. This is what you're doing when you're wearing checkerboard. This is what you're receiving when you're walking across checkerboard floors, checkerboard walls, anything that is checkerboard, especially in these buildings, pay attention where these patterns are, what buildings are are you finding these uh, symbols in? You are soaking this up. It is very important that we stop wearing these things because you're not doing anyone any good. Number three, Virgo the Virgin. According to Masonic astronomy, Virgo is the sign the sun enters in August and was depicted in the zodiac holding in her hands the emblems of the harvest. The identity of Sears, the goddess of the harvest, with the constellation of Virgo is quite plain. This figure of the fruitful virgin was placed in the zodiac as emblematic of the harvest season, because the sun is in those stars at that time. The word Virgo originally implied not only a virgin, but any virtuous matron. So if you guys ever had the chance to explore Craigslist.com and look through their articles, there's an article on Makkah which the Illuminati Kershamol refers to on this sign. Uh, and the Virgin usually is a representation of Makkah. The real meaning of the symbol is an angelic woman holding a scythe, which is meant to represent Makkah and Mother Mary, used to promote sacrifice, destruction, and negativity within the solar plexus and willpower of humanity creates killer instincts within humanity and destroys the values of gender for humanity, degrades the willpower of humanity by making it unsustainable and fixated on revenge and death, puts direct negativity towards Virgani, Virgo beings, and Makai in general. Now, this is something that you might not find on the daily basis. I haven't personally ran into this Uh but you bet that it is found in Masonic temples. And you might say, well, it's in a Masonic temple. Why do I care about this? Well, because they are doing magic in there. They are using the symbols to do rituals to send negativity towards humanity in these ways. That's why. Next, number four, Cuban sphere. This is a symbol that I don't personally run into very often. And maybe the last time I saw it was when, was when I was taking an astronomy class. In one of those books. I'm sure you could find it in astronomy books, especially Masonic uh, astronomy, which is the roots, right, of astronomy as we know it. Um, you could find it maybe in some geometry books. But you bet your ass that you're going to find this inside Masonic lodges, and they all know exactly what this means. Now, according to the Masons and the teachings of Pythagoras, the cube was the most sacred of all the perfect bodies. From what has been said, the deep emblematic significance of the Masonic altar or double cube upon which was anciently placed the equilateral triangle or sacred symbol of deity. So there you have it. The Masons and Illuminati hold this shape, the cube, as the most sacred shape which they emulate their altar in where they do all their magic, all their rituals, right? So, 
what we learn from the Illuminati Kirshen mobile is that the Cuban sphere, right? So there's a sphere inside the cube. And that means Saturn, Cuban sphere, used to represent our planet as being trapped and under the control of the planet Saturn, which the Illuminati associates with Satan control. Perpetuates the inorganic sensation of feeling like your heart is imprisoned. Creates fear within the heart of humanity over a sense of separation from creation, which is a complete lie. Manipulates and abuses Mulatrax geometry beings. So what does this mean, right? We have this fear representing our planet, being trapped in what the Freemasons consider the most perfect shape. And now we know that this perpetuates the inorganic sensation of feeling like your heart is being imprisoned. And it creates fear within the heart of humanity over a sense of separation from creation. What does the sense of separation for, from creation mean? Well, if you think about it, we are very suppressed as the human species. We know nothing about where we actually come from and what we're doing here besides the lies that corruption perpetuates through religion and through things like this. We don't know our true origins and our connection with the universe. So, by people doing ritual with the symbol, they're keeping us locked away from that, right? They're creating fear, fear of the unknown. We fear space, we think space is dead, right? When in reality, it's well and alive, and it has rich history, way older than we do. And that's ultimately where we come from. And this symbol supports that. Next, we have number five, the emblem of truth. Now, this might be a symbol that's more familiar due to its origin from, in quote, Egyptian culture, right? The thing you guys got to understand about Egyptian symbolism is that it cannot be trusted as it has been passed down to us, right? It is a very ancient culture that we actually know nothing about. They have origins from off-planet, right? These pyramids were built with help from ETs. You know, there wasn't slaves building this. This was with help of ETs. And there has been so much time passed since this happened. There has been so much misinformation about this that you just cannot trust what Egyptian history teaches us growing up. The true history of Egypt and what that civilization did and how it operated, it is completely unknown to us. This history that we know about Egyptians is completely false. So any symbolism, any history, any teachings that you think you know about Egypt, you cannot trust. And this is just one of those symbols that you cannot trust. The emblem of truth is also known as the feather of mat. It's one of the most common Egyptian symbols used in hieroglyphics. Goddess mat represented justice in Egyptian culture, and the feather of mat can be seen within the context of ensuring justice in ancient inscriptions. That is because ancient Egyptians believed that one's heart would be weighed against the feather of mat in the whole of the two truths when the soul entered Duat, the underworld. So that's what people think that this symbol means. But what you got to understand about those who choose for corruption and information that comes from corrupted sources, such as Egyptian history, they're going to tell you the complete opposite of what the actual meaning is. Because what they're trying to do 
is suppress you and destroy actual information and go against humanity. So you can expect that the real meaning of this symbol is going to be very opposite from what you have learned. And what the Illuminati curse removal teaches us is that the emblem of truth is meant to suppress humanity from speaking truth, to suppress the ability to have effective communication, and to damage the throat chakra and the ability of self-expression of humanity, which is completely self-explanatory, right? We've seen this for thousands of years. We as a people are afraid to use our voice. We think we are powerless and we are afraid to use our voice to stand up and fight against corruption, especially self-expression. We have completely submitted ourselves to labels, to molds of what we're supposed to be due to our race, due to our family history, all this crap. The simple can be blamed for that. All right, number six, the Eye of Osiris. Now, I know there's many of you new agey freaks that are going to freak out about this. But I mean, come on, you just can't trust, like I said, you can't trust the source of the information that you think it's true. You just can't, right? The Eye of Osiris is well known and it's one of the most popular symbols that New Agers and spiritual people wear with them. The Eye of Osiris, according to what people understand, is obviously an ancient Egyptian symbol. And it is believed that the eye was all seeing. They decided that the best use for it was to bring the eye to jewelry, amulets, knives, and other items in their daily life. By doing so, the ancient Egyptians and the Palestinians thought they were being protected from evil. The all-seeing eye could see what was happening and then summon help for the victim. Also, people have linked it to the third eye, right? Misinformation, corrupted sources have linked the symbol to represent the third eye, the pineal gland. Just because the pineal gland looks similar to this, right? But what did I just say? Corrupted sources are going to tell you the complete opposite of what the symbol is actually doing. So what we learn here is that the Eye of Osiris actually represents ancient Egyptian knowledge and the suppression of the brow chakra, right? The brow chakra representing the pineal gland, the third eye. It blocks the ability to see beyond and what is physical and sight in general. So it's very important that all you New Agers, all the spiritual people, stop wearing the symbol. Don't have it in your room. You want to get activated, you want to clean your chakra, your brow chakra, you get rid of the symbol. You don't wear it. It's so harmful for you. You're completely suppressing your brow chakra with the symbol. And you have to stop wearing it because when you're wearing it, you're not doing anyone any favors. You're suppressing everyone's brow chakra that comes in contact with the symbol and they don't know their real meaning. Once you know their real meaning, the symbol is powerless. Because it is. It's powerless. But if you don't know it, it is affecting you. All right, number seven, the Royal Ark Banner. In all ancient astrological projections of the heavens, the four great angles of the zodiac, where these celestial gods were seated, were marked by the figures of the lion, the eagle, the ox, and the man. The constellation Leo, being anciently at the summer solstice, Aquarius, depicted as the man pouring water from a jar, at the winter solstice, 
and Taurus the ox or bull at the vernal equinox, while the other angle was marked by a flying eagle. The quadrants of the celestial sphere were also anciently occupied by the four bright stars, Aldebaran, Regulus, Antares, and Fomahalt. These were called the royal stars, and in them the four great Elohim were believed to dwell. To them divine honors were paid and sacred images erected in which the lion, the eagle, the ox, and the man were variously combined. These emblems were worshipped by all the ancient nations. The priest and the initiated knew them to be nothing more than astronomical allegories, emblematic representations of the zodiac, but the superstitious people adored them as real gods. The Jews obtained these four emblems from Egypt. Moses, however, forbade their worship and taught the Israelites to use them to denote the points of the compass and the divisions of camp. So, the center of the device consists of figures, as, you, as we just mentioned, the lion, the eagle, the ox, and the man. The cross which divides them is a correct representation of the equator, cut at right angles by the great solstitial color. The grotesque and imaginary creatures standing on each side are also astronomical emblems, being compounded of three figures of the man, the eagle, and the ox. Exhibiting the face and body of a man, the wings of the eagle, and the feet of the ox, emblematic of the winter solstice and the autumnal and the vernal equinoxes, as before explained. So as you can see, the origins of the symbol from masonry are deeply astronomical. And you see these like weird creatures on there and they tell you how the meaning of the four, like the, the ox, the lion, the man, and the eagle come from, right? So we learn from the Illuminati Kershaw movement about the royal art banner is that you see two corrupted chimeras. What are chimeras? Usually they're like creatures made up of different parts from different creatures, right? You see the man with the wings and the the masons give you the story how it represents all this crap. But, you know, it's just a chimera. So two corrupted chimera like angels with hooves standing together. There is a holiness to the Lord. This is what it says on the Royal Ark banner, right? Because we know that they were using this to worship. This symbol was used in order to deceive humanity into accepting the corruption with their archangel Michael and Baphomet were bringing it upon them. Hides intentions of archons by spreading lies to humanity about the true intentions of corrupted beings. It's used to make the use of clones and mimics normal for humanity so that they can be destroyed by them. So this is very deep, right? And... The funny thing is that in the first description I gave you about this, Freemasons admit how they lied to, to the masses, right? And people were worshipping, using this symbol to worship deities, the gods, the Elohim, right? But the Freemasons, they just knew it was allegory. They knew it was just astronomy. It was all symbolically, but they were still pushing it to the masses so they would worship. And this is what this is telling you. The symbol was used to deceive humanity into accepting corruption, right? By Archangel Michael and Baphomet. So Archangel Michael, right? He's a very popular archangel in religion and new age spirituality. 
But if you think about it, why is he so popular? Well, because he's a corrupted being. Why else would he be popular in religion? Because if you know the origins of religion, you know that they are pure corruption and they're meant for suppression of humanity. Now you have two chimeras in the symbol. What was Baphomet? She was, or it was, a chimera. So this is obvious. Again, corruption flips information to tell you the exact opposite of what it should be. There's a great article on Craigslist.com about Archangel Michael and how he fell to Baphomet and helped create religion to suppress people. You guys should definitely go read that. There's also an article about Archons on there that I recommend to everyone. Again, it's Craigslan.com, C-R-E-X-L-A-N.com. And if you go to Chella Cooley's YouTube channel, she has a great video on Archons too. If you're not familiar with Archons, I recommend you go check out that video. But this symbol also is telling us about the use of, of clones and mimics to make them normal to humanity and to destroy us. Now, I'm sure some people think this is a conspiracy, blah, 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 blah. But clones, they've been around for a while now, right? There's a, there's a rumor that the Paul McCartney that exists now is not the real Paul McCartney, that it's a clone. And that is very true. If you look at pictures of old Paul and then the current mimic, it's very clear that it's not the same person. And there's many mimics and clones in Hollywood. They're mus famous musicians that people worship. And this is exactly what this Royal Guard banner has done for thousands of years. And now m clones and mimics are completely normalized. People can't even see, tell them apart from regular people, right? You have things like Nicki Minaj, Cardi B. They look and sound exactly the same, both disgusting. I wonder why. Number eight, pillars of the porch. According to the Masonic lecture pertaining to the fellow craft degree, these two pillars represent those which stood before the porch of King Solomon's temple. And in this case, they're being pretty straight up because if you look at the Illuminati curse removal, what it really means is that it symbolizes the infinite temple being built by humanity, meant to feed upon the countless lives, toil, and effort which humanity thus to sustain daily life, uses the energy of labor to harm and abuse humanity by giving power to archonic, hierarchical structures, exposes the existence of archons discreetly by indicating that the Illuminati uses archons to establish their control over humanity. And if you think about it, if you look at every single governmental building, old temples back to Roman times, back to Mesopotamia, you're going to see pillars sustaining buildings. This is a very important curse because as you can see, there are pillars in every governmental building, churches, uh, Jewish temples, uh, Mesopotamia, Egyptians. They use these pillars and it signifies this, you know, the slave work of humanity, you know. We are not meant to trade our energy for money, right? Most of those earnings go back to taxes, to extortion, to feed the elite. This is exactly how the elite have enslaved us over thousands of years 
to support their system upon the labor of humanity because the 99.9% of us don't see fruit of all the labor that we put in but the elite corrupt definitely see all the gains of our labor so it's very important that we understand this curse and we just get it out of our system and also you're gonna see this very often if you drive around the neighborhood you can only see at least a handful of houses that adopted these pillars to decorate their homes right because why because i think it's like a classic decor right like oh romans did it it's so fancy right but no we cannot even put this in our homes it is just sustaining and supporting that curse so it's very important that we change the way we think about this and we try to get it out of our society's mind out of the collective not put it in homes that we build right because we're only reinstating this curse and we want to get rid of this curse so we can be free next number nine we have a very popular and unfortunately popular symbol and that is of the seal of king solomon now obviously it's deeply rooted in jewish religion and you're gonna see it in new age religion and there's all kinds of meanings that are floating out out there of how empowering it is and how deeply meaningful this is right according to history the seal of solomon also known as the ring of solomon is believed to be a signet ring that belonged to king solomon of israel this ring is thought by some to have magical powers and it originates in jewish tradition nevertheless the seal of solomon can also be found in later islamic and western occultism as both of these adopted it from jewish tradition as a symbol the seal of solomon is still used today and one of its simplest depictions is either as a pentagram or as a hexagram the latter being similar to the Star of David. This was also one of the most sacred of all the emblems of Pythagoras. If the whole seven points be joined by straight lines, we obtain the figure of a perfect cube within the perfect sphere, which is part of the cube, right? That's why the cube was also such a uh, holy and sacred symbol in quotes. So yeah, you know, they think it has magical powers, that it was God's symbol, and blah, 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 all this crap. When in reality, the real meaning of the seal of King Solomon is to give manifestation to greed and money for humanity. Manipulates and abuses probeck meteorite beings and Solomon directly. So if you think about it and you put whatever racist mindset away, right? Everyone who's been realistic knows that in... The Jewish culture, they're known to be greedy with their money. And, you know, they control the media, Hollywood. Um, they have their power within everything. So this makes perfect sense that this symbol truly gives manifestation to greed and money for humanity, which is a huge problem for us today. And so many people wear this and show this symbol every single day, affecting everyone around them right we cannot be greedy anymore people need to understand if they want to build real abundance economical any kind of abundance they can never experience full abundance and happiness if one single other human being cannot experience the same 
So this whole mindset of greediness that, well, I can't change the whole world, so I'll just work really hard for myself and build the best life for myself, that is not going to work, you know? You cannot truly experience abundance and happiness if there is one single human that can experience that. It can only be experienced as a collective. So there's a huge mindset that needs to come about and we just need to get rid of this symbol from our lives. Number 10, the circle and bordered by parallel lines. Now this is a symbol that I don't think I've personally run into. Uh, maybe it can be fine in like book prints or certain books, but this is a very important symbol for everyone. This symbol seems to be one of the oldest symbols amongst Egyptians and found upon their monuments, which was a circle centered by an AUM supported by two erect parallel serpents. The circle being expressive of the collective people of the world, protected by the parallel attributes, the power and wisdom of the creator. The Alpha and Omega are the will representing the Egyptian omnipotent God, surrounded by his creation, having for a boundary no other limit than what may come within his boundless scope his wisdom, and his power. At times, the circle is represented by the serpent with its tail in its mouth. The parallel serpents were of the cobra species. It has been suggestively said that the Masonic symbol refers to the circuits of circumvallation of the initiate about the sacred altar, which supports the three great lights as a central point while the brethren stand in two parallel lines. So it's supposed to represent, you know, according to what masons explain uh the wisdom of creator blah 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 blah, right but like i said earlier corruption is always going to tell you the opposite of what it should really mean now the real meaning of this symbol is very important for all of us because we've been lied to for thousands of years right so the circle and border by parallel lines representing control over measurement of time controls information about fundamental scientific concepts which accurately describes the function of creation through time and space. In particular, it limits humanity's access to knowledge of the existence of life off-planet and the significance of star systems. Now, why is this so important, right? Because we're completely blocked from understanding our own solar system to a full extent, our own universe, right? We don't know much about outer space yet we are living in space yeah we, we tend to forget about that right we think we're inside the planet but where is the planet living the planet is a living being who is in void in space and we don't know much about space right there's so much scientific confusion about space space travel the solar system how stars work there's so much misinformation that we just can't grasp right and all these scientists are just spinning theories and theories and theories. Oh, we discovered how old the space is. Oh, no, it's older than that. Oh, it's expanding. Oh, the Earth is flat. There's just so much misinformation. And this curse, this symbol, is definitely responsible for that. So it's very important that you guys understand this, how this symbol limits knowledge about time too, right? Because us as humans, we have a very narrow view of how time works. And it would be very beneficial for us to get rid of this curse so we could really educate ourselves on the universe. You're listening to Deprogram Your Mind. All right, next we have number 11, the Cubit of Justice. Now, this is a very interesting one. 
right? The square was in Egypt an emblem of justice because being a right angle, it deviated in no respect from a true horizontal joint to be a perfect perpendicular. The close analogy between justice and that which is perfectly upright is so obvious, in fact, as to have become universal. The term an upright man and a just man are in nearly all languages synonymous, hence the scriptural phrases, the way of the just is uprightness. Thou must upright thus way in path of the just, he that walketh uprightly, and the admonition to walk uprightly before God and man. Besides this, the square was used in Egypt to determine the boundaries of each man's possessions when, as frequently happened, the landmarks were swept away by the inundations of the Nile, thus recovering to every man his just rights. The Egyptian land measure itself was an aurora, or square containing 100 cubits. So you see that the symbol according to Egyptians and Freemasonry represented to be a just man, right? But what we learned so far, corruption tells you the opposite of what it is. Once again, I repeat it because it's important to get this in our heads. The real meaning of cubit of justice is to block the connections to other forms of knowledge, prevention of justice and fairness in law and expression of the truth for all of humanity. I don't think that we need to go in much depth about this. I think you all can find examples of how this curse is affecting all of us. Right, the prevention of justice, there has been so much injustice done to humanity, the list will roll forever. Moving on to number 12, emblem of key. Now this is a very ancient emblem, and formerly alluded to be initiation into the mysteries, which at once unlocked to the aspirant all the hidden secrets of religion and furnished him with a key to those allegorgies and tales under which the sublime facts of astronomy and other sciences were concealed from the profane. In Freemasonry, it is more properly an emblem of the first degree, which in like manner furnishes a candidate with a key and opens a door to the hidden mysteries of Freemasonry. It has, however, been diverted to the royal arc degree and invested with a different meaning. But yeah, so basically, so yeah, basically they give this to, or they used to give this to uh, any new person who became a Freemason, got to the first degree, they get, the symbol that they gave them was the key, right? Why a key? Because it unlocks secrets. Why are there secrets from humanity, right? If you studied Freemasonry, you understand that, with, especially with astronomy, back in the day, you know, it was kept, the real knowledge of astrology, it was kept away from the regular person. Only those who joined the club knew the real information and they lied to everyone else about what the real meanings were. So by them getting the key meant that they knew all the secrets that everyone else didn't know. Now, what we learn from the Illuminati Kershaw Mughal is that this represents the hidden and repressed secrets of sexuality conceals the truth behind sexuality and relationships of humanity. Now, this is a very important symbol to destroy from our minds, right? Why? Because we've been suppressed sexually for thousands of years. All these religions and ideologies that have been suppressing sex sexuality for humans, it is so damaging for us to not understand how sexuality works, how this 
sexual energy works, how to share in the relationship, how to protect it, right? Because nowadays, with this whole liberal mindset, sexuality has been beyond exploited, right? It's being destroyed now. Before, it was just being suppressed. And now, they're just pushing for full destruction of sexuality. And it is such a key energy, such a key thing to understand about us, how to share it, how to embrace it, how to move the energy through our body, and how to protect it. So it is very important that we understand the symbol, we get out of our minds, and we try to heal our sexual energy. Because all of us have severely damaged our sexual energy, have abused it, or have suppressed it majorly. So it doesn't matter where you are, this is a key symbol ironically a key symbol to get rid of our minds all right number 13 another critical symbol i think all pretty much all 33 of these are super important but you know i mean this is just huge right the cornucopia horn of plenty all right this symbol the cornucopia and horn of plenty has been known to be a symbol of wealth abundance fertility nourishment highly respected by many ancient cultures including the celts whose concept of abundance was main part of their religion. The cornucopia became the attribute to several Greek and Roman deities, particularly those associated with the prosperity, harvest, or spiritual abundance. Right? And then, not only this, but this symbol has been used in so many things, right? You see it in little reusable grocery bag, like the sign. People put this at their homes. Uh, you see it at grocery stores. You see it in food branding. And when you know the meaning of this, which is restricting access to food and natural resources, which helps stabilize the willpower and resolve of humanity, you understand how much damage the symbol and this curse is doing to us, right? And if you think, oh, well, what do you mean it's being restricted to access to food? Yes. We are being restricted to real food. 80 plus percent of the crab that is sold out there is not real food. All these brands, all this genetically modified crab, they're just selling you poison. They're selling you disease, right? Real clean food is being restricted to humans. Water, same thing. All the major water in the United States and many countries are flooded with chemicals. Right, we're being restricted of one of the most basic things we need to survive. And this symbol is used to harm us in major ways. So it's important that if you have a cornucopia home, or if you have things with cornucopia, get rid of these things. You might not think it does much, but it really will help the collective, right? We all need to have access to quality food so we can be strong, so we could be mentally stronger, and we could fight this system. Now, number 14, the ancient Egyptian iron key. This one, actually, I had a hard time really trying to find what Freemasons say it is. I couldn't really find a real description of the meaning of the symbol. But what we learned from the Illuminati Curse Mobile, again, it's a key, right? So what do keys do? They lock, they hide things. Yeah. So, to create restrictions and limitations within the heart and repress the capacity for humanity to love, prevents the heart from being able to love fully. Alright, we have number 15, the keystone. The keystone is the stone placed in the center of an arc which preserves the others in their places and secures firmness and stability to the arc. As it was formerly 
the custom of the operative masons to place a peculiar mark on each stone of a building to designate the workman by whom it had been adjusted. So the keystone was most likely to receive the most prominent mark, that of the superintendent of the structure. The objection has sometimes been made that the ark was unknown in the time of Solomon. But this objection has been completely laid at rest by the researches of the antiquaries and travelers within the few years past. Wilkinson discovered arches with regular keystones in the doorways of the tombs of Thebes, the construction of which he traced to the year of 1540 before Christ or 460 years before the building of the Temple of Solomon. So as you see here from what Masons say, you know, uh, the keystone is common sense, it's the stone you find it in Masonic buildings, it's the center stone of arcways that you walk through. And generally, you'll find different symbols uh, on the keystone. Some is just a circle with the dot in the center representing uh, the sun and the summer solstice. And it has the letters around S, T, K, S, H, T, W, S. Some have a stargate, right? The star with the Y in the middle. So it really... It could have different meanings depending on what the intention of the mason who was building that temple or that structure had in mind. But, you know, if you think about it, people are walking through this constantly, right? And whether they notice or not, the symbology of the keystone is still there. So it's important to recognize what the symbols are doing. And what we learn from Illuminati curse removal is that this symbol or the keystone, uh, it, it, it regards stargate travel, and it limits the communication between other worlds and ours, keeping all knowledge for a limited and select few on the planet. Which, if you think again about Masons and what they do, right, they've kept information secret from the masses, and they pride themselves in that. Any research that you do is that they are the Illuminati, the, in quote, enlightened ones, right? Because they hold the information away from people. So this makes perfect sense. And this is bad because, as you've heard, you know, knowledge is power. And when a select few, the lead, the Illuminati, the corrupted ones, when they're keeping all this information away from people, they're in control, right? And that's why they guard it so secretly, and so that's why they're so protective over it, right? Because if this information and the true meaning of all this information got out to the masses, they no longer hold the power. We hold the power. So that's why this symbol is placed on all their arcways in all their buildings is to reinforce that they're the ones that keep the knowledge away from us and that we don't communicate off planet. And moving on to number 16, the Astro-Masonic emblem, Sun in Leo. Now, if you've noticed by now, a lot of these symbols are Astro-Masonic astronomy symbols. And that's because the Masons do a lot of sun worshiping. Now, this one is Sun in Leo, right? Why? Because in the month of July, when the summer solstice starts, the sun is located in the constellation of Leo in the sky. So the Freemasons see this as... This is a month where the sun returns to, in quote, his glory, right? Because it's the strongest, it's the closest to the planet, the summer solstice, the heat is raging. So they see it as a connection between the constellation of Leo and the return of the sun to, in quote, 
his place of power and glory. At the summit of the royal arc of heaven was the principal reason why the constellation was held in such high esteem and reverence by the ancients. The astrologers distinguished Leo as the sole house of the sun and thought that the world was created when the sun was at the sign. Now, if if you look at the way the symbol is drawn, is you have the constant, you have Leo, right, the lion, in front of the sun, blocking the sun, right? Um, and this is this is absolutely by design. And when you take a look at the Illuminati curse removal, you learn that this symbol is blocking humanity's ability to accomplish their own golden age of prosperity and happiness, which is fair and beneficial for all. Negates the accomplishments of humanity by giving power to the Illuminati by installing a new dawn instead. Now, you might have to read that a couple of times to understand it, right? But as you see, they, they have the lion in front of the sun, right? Because he, they want to block that golden age, right? That golden age, meaning full disclosure happening, humans taking responsibility over our planet, over our actions, over everything, right? Taking our power back, creating abundance, creating that type of utopia that we all dream about. But with the symbol blocking that from happening, right, and establishing a new dawn. Now, new dawn is something you hear a lot in Freemasonry, in Illuminati songs. You hear all the time, right, because they're trying to do something completely different. All right, we have number 17, the Masonic Ladder of Three Rounds. This symbol represents the sun when ascending from the winter solstice to the vernal equinox. The constellation Taurus and the Pleiades, or seven stars, situated, passes successively through three signs of the zodiac, by Aquarius, Pisces, and Aries. These three signs are therefore emblematically represented by a ladder of three principal rounds, by means of which the sun climbs up from the point of its slowest southern declination to the vernal equinox and the seven stars in Taurus. Now, why is there such a big focus on these constellations? You hear about these constellations all the time in New Age, right? You could think of New Age religion as like the fake news of spirituality. It's just like completely further misinformation about anything that has to do with spirituality. What we learn from the Illuminati curse removal is that the symbol is really preventing humanity from connecting to cosmic realities, preventing knowledge from the seven key constellations which interact with humanity the most often on this planet, through contact and in culture, spreading lies about the Pleiades, Aries, Pisces, and Aquarius. Number 18, the emblem of sheaf of wheat and ears of corn hanging by a water ford. The meaning of this is to put negativity towards females, putting sacrificial and destructive energies towards human bodies, to symbolically hang and waste life. Now, if you take some time to look at the symbol, it's easy to tell the meaning just by looking at it, right? The sheaf of wheat hanging, it's normally a symbol you find in homes, right? And uh, wheat is normally food abundance, right? And it's put upside down. Now, in human culture, females have been, for the longest time, seen as the homemakers. Now, when you put it upside down, you're bringing that negativity of lack of abundance, negativity to the homemakers, right, the females. 
and then also putting sacrificial and destructive energy towards human bodies, right? And as it says here, it hangs and wastes life, right? It's upside down. It kind of almost looks like if you're hanging bodies, you kind of get that energy from it if you're really subtly paying attention to that. And it's wasting life, right? It's wasting, uh, it's a symbol of food and looks like it's been wasted. So it makes perfect sense to me. Number 19, Pan. So Pan, according to in quote history, was the god who presided over the flocks and herds. Pan was also the god of plenty. Therefore, the twisted horn, right, which we talk, Capricornus, became an emblem of plenty. Now, when we look at the Illuminati curse removal, we learn that Pan is really to add satanic negativity and give artificial power to men so that they prosper above women and serve iconic masters before the family and themselves as individuals. Puts energy towards creating alcoholics to make noble the struggle and suffering of humanity by preventing life values. Now, one of the correlations that I see here personally is that if they're talking about the pan being the god who presided over herds and flocks, um, that's kind of the role that males played in the world for a long time, right? Leading humanity towards their destiny, leading their families towards their destiny, uh, going out to work to provide. And that goes hand in hand with making... Uh, making the struggle and suffering seem like a noble thing, right? Like it's what we're supposed to do. It's the right thing to do in order to create abundance, which is completely false. But unfortunately, that's the way uh, it works here. Also, when you think about, you know, what the pan looks like, you know, it's a fawn. And if you look at fawns in like movies in history, they're always drinking, right? There's always some booze. They're always drunk. And if you've ever taking the time to look at Chalakuli's videos, there's a video we did, a live feed of alcohol awareness, where we talk about how fonts actually uh, are kind of like designed to help people uh, with alcohol and sexuality in a positive way, right? But that has been lost over time. So I recommend that video highly if you haven't seen it, but that's why here, it's saying that it puts energy towards creating alcoholics, right? Because when you're using this as a symbol, you're putting uh, bad intentions and magic towards it, you know, you're going to get the opposite of what they should be doing, which is uh, helping sexuality problems via alcohol, which is exactly why you should go check out that video. It's a really great video. Moving on to number 20, the triple tau. This compound character is one of the royal arcs emblems. A triple tau is literally three T's, the tau being the 19th letter in the Greek alphabet. The triple tau of royal arc masonry consists of three T's linked in the center joined at their base. This mystical character can be signified in a few different ways. First, the names Hiram of Tyre and Hiram of Beef, which we've talked about. As it appears in the Phoenician language with the same letters H and T as they do in English. Therefore, the triple tau takes on the interpretation of the initial letters or here of Hiramabiv's name. Second, it signifies also TH, Templum Hirsolium, which I totally murdered that, which is totally fine. Second, it signifies also TH, Templum Hierosolium, 
the Templum of Jerusalem, and when used as a royal ark symbol, some jurisdictions teach that the wearer acknowledges himself as a servant of God. Thirdly, Christians in Greek or Roman influence anciently used a Tau cross, the basis of a triple Tau in early church history. Thirdly, Christians in Greek or Roman influence anciently used a Tau cross. The basis of a triple Tau in early church history would mean the Trinity of Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. A belief in the triune nature of Godhead is common to many faiths and religions. Now, what we learn in the Illuminati Curse Mogul, the triple tau means to block and cut off central channel chakra from accessing connections to eons, planets, and star families, limits knowledge and connections to Molnava the Moon and our planet Ekken. This is referred to as Ezekiel's Curse or Manipulation. So if history is telling you that this represents Yamabif, the Temple of Jerusalem, and it's been used in religion, just from that, if you really know the source of religion, you know that this is negativity, pure negativity being put towards humans. And of course, it's going to block your central channel, right? This is how we receive information. This is how we um, connect to the astral, how we become aware of many things from off-planet. Um, it's blocking connection to eons, right? Stars uh, and the planets. And of course, it limits the knowledge and connection to our moon, Mulnaba, and our planet Ekin. So this is a very important symbol. And the Tau, this and the quadruple Tau, which we'll talk about soon, you see this in fashion, you see this in books. I even heard uh, from a close source that it's being put in elementary schools in like work papers and stuff where they've seen this. And that's just too bad, right? Because children are the most vulnerable and receptive at a young age. So they're starting to block this central channel, which is imperative for us to download knowledge, knowledge that we are being denied here on this planet. You're listening to Deprogram Your Mind. Next, we have number 21, the Egyptian Ark. This is a very popular symbol. And if you just think about it, it gets introduced to people very young, right? What we know is that the Ark was one of the principal features of the Egyptian mysteries. Speaking of the religious ceremonies of the ancient Egyptians, one of the most important ceremonies was the procession of the shrines, which is mentioned in the Rosetta Stone and is frequently represented on the walls of all the temples. The shrines were of two kinds. The one is sort of canopy, the other an ark, or sacred boat, which may be termed the great shrine. This was carried with great pomp by the priest, a certain number of beings selected for that duty who supported it on their shoulders by means of long staffs passing through metal rings at the side of the sledge on which it stood. Brought into the temple, where it was placed on a stand or table, in order that the prescribed ceremonies might be performed before it. The same is said to have been the custom of the Jews in some of their religious processions, as in carrying the ark to its place and the oracle of the house to the most holy place when the temple was built by Solomon. And what we learn here is that the Egyptian Ark, the symbol, this curse, it limits information of realities post-mortem. Knowledge of reincarnation is limited. 
creates fear of the forces of life and death and fear of mortality. Now, this is a huge one, right? Why? Because this symbol is introduced to kids at a very young age, right? Mostly around middle school. Um, you know, some kids start looking into this even younger, right? Egyptian movies, curiosity, pyramids, blah, 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 right? And why is this so important? Well, it's creating fear about death, about the forces of life and death, right? And if you think about it, what's one of the worst fears? It is death. Humans, we don't un understand death. We don't know what happens, so we fear it, right? We have all these religions, all these belief systems that enforce you to live your lives a certain way so when you die, you may not suffer. So everyone thinks that when you die, you're going to suffer if you then follow certain kind of rules, some atheists just think that's it, that you die and you die, you go back into the ecosystem, right? And this is due to this symbol. It completely blocks the realities of post-mortem, right? Which is very important because our physical death in reality is not our death. Sure, our body dies, you know, every body is going to die. We're all finite, you know, there's only one infinite being that is creator. Now, should we fear death? No, we should not fear death. It's just a new beginning, you know? You get to go back to your creator. You get to pick your next lifetime. You get to study what you learned in your past life. But this symbol right here and accepting it and being presented to people at a very young age makes it so everyone's growing up with this fear of life and death, fear of mortality, which should not be feared. On to number 22, Lyran Gediathina and the Archon Metanic Plate. Now this symbol, you probably mainly find this symbol in Masonic temples, maybe buried on some church or any kind of temple, including maybe governmental uh, offices or major buildings. Um, it was brought to my awareness by a friend of mine recently that it was actually an emoji. Uh, there's an emoji of just the metallic plate, which is strange, but most people don't question, right? So the meaning of this is to block access to understanding different types of sexuality, prevention of emotional expression, whether someone may be straight, bisexual, or gay, completely covers and blocks the sexuality of humanity, to create obsessive tendencies in humanity. It's pretty common sense, right? There's this cursed play uh, where they're putting the intention to block all this sexuality, understanding different types of sexuality, you know. Um, this is something that we all suffer from and you're seeing it now, you know. Sexuality nowadays is being completely distorted and destroyed by this like extreme liberals and, um, you know, if there was just education about sexuality and and the different types of sexuality uh, then we wouldn't have these problems today right and all these problems they just lead to obsessive tendencies what happens when you're not satisfied sexually you develop these like obsessive tendencies over whatever your escape may be right it could be porn it could be some type of that stupid fetish uh, it could be many things 
just because you don't understand your sexuality, there's no real education on it. So of course it's going to create all these problems around it. It's common sense. Number 23, Sirius and Demeter. Demeter, the Roman equivalent, is Ceres. It's one of the largest and oldest goddesses of the ancient Greek pantheon. She is the daughter of Cronus and Rhea, sister of Zeus, Poseidon, Hades, Hera, and Hysta, known as the goddess of harvest, fertility, agriculture, and vegetation soil, protector of the land and its products, mother of cereals, hence in her name, and mainly wheat. Demeter was the goddess of agriculture, especially wheat and fertility. Demeter means burly mother. So what we learn here is that this is Sirius and Demeter, the symbol, uh, the symbology of this in quote being, is to limit access to comfort foods. So the meaning of this in quote being, it limits access to comforts, food, sustenance, and security for all humanity to create competition amongst humanity of requiring resources, meant to destabilize the family unit. Which, of course, I've talked throughout this entire podcast, how corruption and their curses and their symbols, they're always going to do the exact opposite of what they're saying they're doing, right? History says they represent fertility, they represent... Uh, harvest, agriculture, vegetation, protector of the lands and products, blah, 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 blah. But we're smarter now, right? We're learning that they're doing the opposite of that. They're actually blocking us from the comforts, the essential and basic comforts that we need to survive as human beings, right? Food, security for all of us, right? Housing, just all these things that this symbol is blocking in us. And this symbol is being taught, this, this being, or these, in quote, beings, they're being taught to in, through high school, through history, through books, right? And people are getting this in their brain. And there's been put so much negativity in these symbols and what they represent that they are affecting us in heavy ways. And we see it nowadays. It's, it's clear, right? We have to compete against each other nowadays to acquire resources, Right? The CEO of Nestle says water is not a human right. Get the fuck out of here. What kind of fucking bullshit is that? Bullshit. You know, these are basic needs, basic rights that we have as humans and are being blocked from us. We have to compete, right? If we don't make enough money, you can eat quality food. Organic, non-GMO food is some of the most expensive. And if you don't make some decent money, which a lot of people don't, you don't have access to this. So you have to try to compete against each other just to get clean food, a basic need. It is just idiotic. So we really got to get the symbol through our heads, get it out of our minds. Now, number 24, the lion's paw, ancient Egyptian drawing. Now, this drawing is just full of symbolism and curses, right? It's very interesting. So from this book, uh, it tells about this image. is that the form that lies dead before the altar is that of Osiris, the personified sun god whom the candidate represents in the drama of initiation, lying dead at the winter solstice. The cross upon his breast referred to the greatest celestial cross or intersection of the celestial equator 
by the ecliptic. The figure of the lion grasping the dead sun god by the hand alludes to the constellation Leo and the summer solstice, at which point the sun is raised to life and glory. As has been just explained in the allegory of the resurrection of the sun, and the notes that the candidate is about to be raised from a symbolic death to life and power by the grip of the lion's paw. This is made clearly manifest from the fact that the lion holds in his other paw the ancient Egyptian symbol of eternal life, or the crux asanta. The tablet at the feet of the candidate has inscribed upon in it hieroglyphics the sacred name of Amon and of Mut, the wife of Amon-Ra, and probably that of the royal candidate. The figure erect at the altar is that of the grand hierophant attired as Isis, with the vacant throne upon her head, emblematic of the departed sun god. She has her hand raised in an attitude of command, her arm forming it at right angle. Her eyes are fixed upon the emblematic lion as she gives the sign of command that the candidate be raised from the death and darkness to light and life. The objects of the altar are two of those peculiar shaped glass jars with pointed bases in which wine was kept. The emblem placed between the votive jars of wine is more obscure. It may be the tharsis, but it's more probably a floral offering. There can be no doubt but that the whole device is a symbolically picture of the initiation of some important person into the mysteries. This ancient Egyptian drawing is a strong and startling testimony of the entire correctness of the astronomical solution of the legend of Osiris and that of Hiram, as given in the foregoing pages. So this is the story that the, you know, the Masons are told when they learn about this symbol. You see a lot of symbols in there which we talked about, a lot of representations of different beings. What we learn from the Kirsch removal here is that that this symbol represents negativity towards courageous and expressive love to create cannibalistic tendencies in humanity and other species by destroying the heart chakra physically, emotionally, and energetically, encouraging ritual sacrifice and culture in order to normalize killing and murder. To me, that seems more of an accurate representation of this drawing. The whole, the line is going to bring... Osiris or this in quote candidate back to life as a knowledgeable mason it just doesn't seem right right it seems more like the lion is killing someone on the floor at the command of the person standing in front of the altar it seems more like a ritual more like a sacrifice number 25 Egyptian pylon or temple gate the pylon was a large gate at the front of the temple the walls of the pylon were decorated with carved and painted scenes of the pharaoh, gods, and goddesses. In front of the pylon were obelisks and large statues of the pharaoh. Unlike the other temples in Thebes, Luxor, temple is not dedicated to a cold god or a deified version of the king in death. Instead, Luxor temple is dedicated to the rejuvenation of kingship. It may have been where many of the kings of Egypt were crowned in reality or conceptually. Now, what we learn here is that the Egyptian pylon or temple gate represents blocking access to different forms of communication, restricting the knowledge and expression of all languages, especially those which originate from off-planet, from becoming accessible to humanity. Again, 
This is just a more logical explanation, right? This is placed at the front before you enter the temple. And in order to enter the temple, some kind of effect has to be taken over you, right? Some kind of energy has to be pushed on you. And you see lightly, if you look this image up, there's a bunch of symbols, representations of different things, right? Now, many people believe that the pyramids were actually built by ETs. And indeed, they were. There's ETs that help building these pyramids. Not so much the temples, but the pyramids, which was a big influence in the Egyptian culture. Now, many other people believe it was just slave work over a long period of time. But if you believe that it was ETs who helped build these pyramids, then it makes sense when corrupted Egyptians started building temples and gates and symbols that would try to block these communications, right? These communications to off-planet, which is the source of information regarding this pyramids, these languages from off-planet, these connections that we have to off-planet. So it makes perfect sense that at the gate, you're being blocked before you enter near the location. Moving to number 26, Capricornus. Capricorn, according to the mythology, is the same as Pan or Bacchus, who, with some other deities, while feasting near the banks of the Nile, were suddenly set upon by the dreadful giant Typhoon. In order to escape, they at once all summed different shapes and plunged into the river, Pan or Bacchus leading the way. The part of his body which was underwater took the form of a fish, another part that of a goat. So basically, they're saying is another embodiment, another representation of Pan, right? Uh, it's really not clear answer of what this book explains. Uh, but, you know, it's expected for Masons, you know, they don't really give you straight answers. They don't want to give all the secrets away. But what we learn here in the Illuminati Cursor Mobile is that this symbol blocks inner sight by making humanity stubborn in their laziness limiting the drive and ambition of humanity to discover the truth behind creation for themselves. Heights and obscures a fulfillment of knowledge. Now, this is a damn important symbol, right? This is one of the ones I was talking about when I first started this podcast. This is one of the reasons why people are just so lazy when it comes to researching the truth, right? They're so content by the news and fake history and their schooling to tell them the history of this world, where we come from, our origins. And they just lack the curiosity of searching for more, you know? It's like we all have this inert feeling of like, you know, we know there's more out there. There's more information. There's something hidden from us. You know, this can be life. We can't just be living every day, working nine to fives or 12 hour days just to struggle and survive. Like this is not life, right? But why are not people looking for the answers? Why are these problems even in place to begin with? Well, this symbol is why, right? It is blocking your inner sight by making humanity stubborn and lazy. It is so bluntly truth. People just go to work or hustle and they take pride in that, and then they go home, and they're lazy. I see it in my family. I see it all over the place. I've done this. We all have done this, right? It also limits your drive and ambition to discover the truth behind creation. And what is creation? We are creation. This planet is creation. The universe is creation. 
We should be hungry to learn more about this. We shouldn't be satisfied with the crap we learned over the years in school. It's just nonsense. So we got to make sure that we understand this symbol and we get it out of our system. Number 27, the Ark of Osiris. Now, I'm not even going to go into what history tells us about this Ark, right? You've seen it enough. You've seen it in history books. You could buy figurines and decorate your house. You could buy paintings of this shit. You see it in movies. This symbol is pushed all over the place as a popular symbol. Now, what we learned from the last arc was that it was suppressing some kind of some type of knowledge from us, right? It was it was creating something negative for us, and this is doing the exact same thing. We learned that the Ark of Osiris is indeed hiding the understanding of the past, of current realities, and ongoing hidden relationships to other worlds and beings from humanity. Covenances, greed, and the establishment of systematic greed over objects and knowledge repress knowledge and the source of all covenants now this is a very negative symbol that's pushed lightly over a large amount of outlets and it's doing us in is doing this great damage right we could see the pattern now that we don't understand our past we, we know that and if you deny that you're just being ignorant we don't understand our past as humans we don't know the history of this planet in reality. Real history, like I've said 10,000 times so far today, is that history has been destroyed, refabricated, and shoved down your throats so you could be easily manipulated. We don't understand the current reality of things. We're oblivious to how this world actually works. And those who start digging in either go really deep or you get scared and you choose to block it off, right? Also, the ongoing relationships, there are hidden relationships to other worlds and beings, right? We're not the only ones in this perfect universe. You think we're the only ones on this planet even? No, we're not even the only kind of species on this planet. Just look at all the nature beings, right? They're different from us, where they come from, right? There's so many other planets, star systems. We've heard about some of them and we choose to ignore that. We choose to not pay attention to that. We choose to be fearful of that. And this affects all of that. Also, the, the greed and the establishment of systematic greed is crazy over objects and knowledge, right? There's, this, there's a famous saying, power is knowledge. And unfortunately, it's true in this case, right? Because those people in really powerful positions, they have a lot of knowledge that we don't. They understand things that we don't. So when we try to judge what's going on in the bigger picture, we can because we don't understand the full reality of our world. We don't understand what they understand. And then the greedy, powerful people, they keep that knowledge to themselves. They don't share it, right? They want to stay on top of the game. We need to understand to be a collective we need to share the knowledge, to really create abundance, to innovate, to move forward 10 times faster than we are moving today is we cannot be greedy with knowledge. The more we share the knowledge, the more everyone knows things, the faster we can move forward. We could come up with new ideas, new concepts to better our lives collectively. Number 28, Isis and Horus. Again, we've heard the story of this crap, right? I could go back to sixth grade and remember when they taught us this in school. And think about it, this symbol, this story of Isis and Horus, 
It's being pushed to sixth graders nationwide. It's being pushed to small teenagers worldwide, right? And what this symbol is doing is, is putting negativity towards birth and family to force separation either emotionally or physically between parents and children, especially targeting separation between mothers and their children through force and manipulation. And it's so true, you know, we hear of so many family issues, so many bad relationships with parents, so much bad parenting, right? And this could be traced back to this symbol. This symbol is ancient and it's been pushed generation after generation at a very early age in people's lives. All right, number 29, Dinosis or Bacchus. Dinosis is the god of the grape harvest, winemaking and wine, of ritual madness, fertility, theater, and religious ecstasy in the ancient Greek religion and myth. Wine played an important role in the Greek culture and the cult of Dionysus was the main religious focus for its unrestrained consumption. Now the main symbology of Dionysus or Bacchus, it's to force the expectation of the male to sacrifice, forceful death, the drunken fool, to force the expectation of the male to sacrifice and offer his body so that he can be rewarded for his labor. On to number 30, the quadruple tau. This emblem was brought by the crusaders from the east and they, ignorant of its true meaning, which is from Jewish roots and such, uh, they adopted it as the symbol of their faith from its supposed resemblance to the Christian cross. The quadruple tau represents at one view the entire universe. The central lines, one of which is horizontal and the other perpendicular, thus crossing each other at right angles, point to and embrace the four corners of the celestial and terrestrial spheres. The limits of the sun's circuit among the stars, both at the celestial and equinoctial points, are designated by the lines at the extremities of the central ones, placed at right angles to bar the way. Now, what we learn is that the quadruple tau is actually blocking inner sight to block the core and astral aspects from being able to understand and see the connection to planets and the four directions. Now, we see a lot of these symbols kind of do the same things in different ways, and they're just being spread through different mediums also, right? But they're all trying to block us from connecting astrally and connecting to off-planet knowledge. Uh, and the planets and the stars and the eons, right? Because that information is so key to who we are as human beings. There's a reason why these symbols are blocking a lot of external knowledge and information. This symbol you can find in a famous fashion brand, Tory Birch, right? You see it in purses and their um, little wallets and stuff. And, you know, when you're wearing this, you're just spreading this. You're pushing the blocking of the skin information to everyone that comes across it, right? And we don't want to do that. So it's a key symbol that we understand. So when we come across it, we are freeing ourselves from this curse. All right, number 31, Crux and Sata, emblem of eternal life. This is another one that needs no explanation. I'm sure there's thousands of in quote experts about this symbol that carry it around their neck 
have it tattooed on their ass, um, have it on t-shirts, on hats, on tapestries, on their walls, on murals, all kinds of shit. It's everywhere. It's crap, right? People love this symbol. They worship the symbol. Um, yeah, it's actually a terrible symbol. It, what it really does is to block and restrict the force of Craigslist from fully connecting with humanity at the core collective consciousness level. Prevention of justice for all humanity. Degradation of the DNA of humanity and organic life by creating injustice and intentional harm to the environment. Damages human culture by confusing them about the original meaning behind symbols and history. Now, why is this so popular? That's exactly why, right? People believe what history has told them about this symbol, right? Just because there's thousands of misinformation articles about this and sources. And, you know, it's very popular with New Agers. And I guarantee I'm pissing off some New Ager right now with this or some Mason or whoever the hell believes in the symbol, right? I honestly, I don't care because they don't understand that none of that history is real, is correct. And then you wonder why we have all this disconnect with, with our creator, Crexline. Um, if you want to learn more about that, go to crexland.com. There's plenty of great articles there about this. Also, the degradation of DNA of humanity, right? We don't understand what our DNA is, how powerful it is, um, all the information it contains. We don't understand any of this information, right? Um, symbology, right? People fall for the misinfo of all these symbols, right? And that, that's why we have all these issues. If you think about it logically and you go back over this list and you look at what every symbol is blocking and preventing and affecting in our lives, you're going to realize that if those things are gone, we would move a lot faster. We would be, we would be able to take on information quicker, understand it, accept that we've been lied to. That's just a simple basic. We've been lied to. We've been made fools by corruption. We've been weak about it. And we need to stand up and fight back. And people got to let go of this symbol. It's a popular one and it's got to go. It's got to go faster than any other symbol. Alrighty, number 32, the coffin and spade. This is a very popular symbol. This is found in t-shirts, the deck of cards. People get it tattooed on them as well. It is some branding all over the place. Um, it's just everywhere, right? And what I was able to find about the symbol, what it means in masonry and in, in quote, regular history, is that it's a symbol of mortality, right? It's a symbol of life and death. It has to do with being finite. And it reminds masons that from death springs the hope of everlasting life, right? This is what they're taking on from it. When in reality, this symbol is putting death and destruction towards a positive, finite kumathu. Fear of non-existence. Fear of sexuality and punishment from society. Now, think about this. this again, it's about fear. About putting a fear about being finite. A fear of death, which we shouldn't have. And I already explained why. Death doesn't mean non-existence. It's plain and simple. 
The only reason you would stop existing is if you, over a period of time, you do corrupt things and accept corruption deeply in your body and your mind and your soul. That's the only way for you to gain your way to being non-existent. Death, being finite, doesn't mean anything negative, right? Our bodies or humans are not infinite. Planetary bodies, they're not infinite, right? There's a life cycle to everything. Some might be short, some might be very long, but there's only one like infinite being, and that is creator. Everything else is finite, and it's good to be finite. We get to go through rebirth. We get to learn. We get to evolve. It's a positive thing. Also, the fear of sexuality and punishment from society, right? We fear sexuality. I already talked about it extensively here. And society itself, right? We're always scared to be ourselves, scared to express ourselves in a pure way. Um, this symbol is attacking and representing all of that. And finally, number 33, the lambskin or leather apron, a.k.a. the pyramid. So this is the last symbol in the curse removal. And on this book, Stellar Theology and Masonic Astronomy, it says, to what does the lambskin or white leather apron allude? It alludes to the vernal equinox, where the sign Aries is found. This sign, as we have seen, teaches immortality, as well as being emblematic of innocence and beauty. It was an indispensable part of the ordinary apparel of the ancient Egyptians of all classes, and was worn by kings, priests, and nobles, as well as the common people. The apron of the king was, however, of a peculiar form, which belonged exclusively to his rank. Now, what is the symbology of this apron? Now, what we learn from the Illuminati Kirsch removal is that this symbolizes the foundation and justification of distorting humanity's natural values of beauty and innocence without corruption. Basis of pyramid structure which is used to define and demarcate all Illuminati activities and influences. Used to establish hierarchy to be followed by humanity at all levels, especially those which are deemed to be the lowest levels of economic class. This is capped by the final symbol of Hiramabif, the apex or top of the food chain, according to Darwinian values, which are used to pervert understanding of existence and creation. Repression of all horoscope signs, infliction of suffering to the entire zodiac, especially areas in particular. Again, this is just as important as the other 32 symbols. But as you see, it has great damage. It creates great damage for humanity, right? Here we learned, even in the you know, what the Masons tell you means it's, it was sworn by everyone in Egypt at one point, right? And different ranks, different classes uh, was decorated in different ways, right? The king was probably all luxurious. You had nobles who was probably still very nice, but not as nice as the king or the priest. And then you had the other classes and the commoners. They all wore aprons. And it was uh, how people recognize wearing the hierarchy pyramid they were. That's why it looks like a pyramid, right? Because it's saying, this is my place in the pyramid. And only the nobles, the priests, and the kings were at the top with the nicest aprons. And everyone else was probably just, uh, you know, a plain apron. Also, if you take a close look at 
Freemasons and Illuminati, why do they wear part of their little costumes? They wear little cute aprons with little symbologies and symbols, decorated all kinds of ways. And of course, if you're uh, level one, you're probably super simple. Once you get to level 33, it's decorated very nicely. So it's hierarchy, 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 right? And we learn the hierarchy is bad for humanity. There's a natural order of things which does not mean because you have you're at the top you're better than others right which hierarchy tells you you're at the top you're at the top you're leading you're making decisions you're rich if you're at the bottom you're you're poor you know people need to understand that we don't need hierarchy in our world there will be natural order of things as every human learns how powerful they are who they are how unique each of us are and how we contribute uniquely to our ecosystem, to our collective, and how everything will balance naturally, not in a hierarchy way where you have to fight each other, kill each other to try to get to the top just to live a better life. So with that, this is Illuminati Cursor Mobile. I know this is a long one, but you know, you don't have to listen to this all the time. This is just to get a better understanding. I did a video on YouTube before where I just went over it. You can listen to that. And like I recommended, which I hope you did, was to go to Golden Alma Creation, go to the resources page, and download the free copy, the Illuminati Cursor Mobile, and have followed along this way. I would recommend you save that and you read it. Read it multiple times a week. Read it 20, 40, 60, 80 times. Learn what the symbols mean. Learn how they affect us daily, how they affect humanity, and share with everyone because it is so important. If we want to move forward, we got to liberate our minds from these symbols, from these curses that are affecting us deeply as a collective. Not one person can be left behind with this. Everyone has to learn about this. So download it, share it. Like I said, goldenalmycreation.com under resources. It's a free download. Download to your phone, to your laptop, share it, email it to your friends. Uh, check out cracksign.com, great source of information. And with that, I hope everyone has a wonderful rest of your day. Peace.